Hello? Is this working? Oh, look at that full red. Perfect. We know we like it loud. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> That's a great way to start the podcast. Like it loud. Birth and all other activities. Were you loud when you gave birth? No. No? I was with the twins because the doctor was shoving my vagina over Noah's head. That, but that makes a person loud. Yeah, that was being done to me. Mm-hmm. Jacob, no, nah, I was just kind of talking. I'm like, oh, I just felt myself. I, I felt a pop. And, I was like, <laughs> and oh. there was just a baby? I just tore. Oh, really? I, yeah, I felt You could feel tear. yourself tear. Huh. It felt like a pop. I think it was the same scar line as the oh. Riley. Were you laughing? Yeah, like a demon. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, Everly's happened so fast, I don't really remember much of what it felt like and I did tear a lot and I remember her body slithering out that's like the only feeling that I have Mm. that I remember but I do know that I was like a demon both times very loud I would imagine I was loud with Jacob in the part where I it was just he flew out so I remember my body like planking like coming up out of the water Mm. and they were like you need your bum under the water you can't have this half in half out yes um so I'm I don't I don't remember being loud but I'm not gonna say that I was silent we'll have to when Brandon finally comes on the podcast I have so many questions for him so many questions maybe we should ask the peoples what questions they would ask Ryan would never come on the podcast, but we can just interview Brandon. <laughs> Ryan would probably be like, absolutely not. What are we talking about today? So the people want us to talk about what do you do if you don't have a village? Yes. Pause. My dogs are outside. <gasps> oh, please hold. Yeah. Game on. <laughs> Did you just yell at Indy? Yeah. I was just li- he was licking my drink. <laughs> I didn't yell. It was more like a... "Eh." Eh." It was a correction. Yes. So, the peoples wanted us to talk about. Yeah. What do you do if you don't have a village? What does a village mean to you? Hmm. People who care about you. Mm Mm-hmm. Do they physically show up or are they just there caring about you somewhere else? I think we've talked about this on another podcast before, but some of my village was a text chat. Mm. And I know when we asked this question online, a lot of people did reference some of the baby groups, mom and baby groups, Facebook groups that they're in. Yes. And that that can feel supportive at three in the morning when you need to vent. Yeah. I'm wondering what people are picturing when they're writing to us saying, I didn't have a village. Do Are they picturing that, like, they didn't have somebody on their doorstep with a casserole every night? Is that what they didn't have? Yeah, or, like, a meal train or an unpaid doula. Right. So someone who's willing to come in and, you know. Care for you. Yeah. Like a mom, a mother-in-law, an aunt, sister. Friend. Yeah, and, and I think we definitely have clients who have moved here for, for their partner's work, and then they've got no family mm-hmm. but maybe there is a differentiation that they're meaning between i have no family i have no village maybe right people mean something different yeah for myself what i envision because i've been to nicaragua and there's houses that have just bars for windows 
I always envision a brand new mother in there with a baby that is crying for hours. And I feel like in those villages, there's no way a baby would cry for six hours without somebody stopping by. And I do feel like this a bit in Mortley Village. I had um, someone, uh, her toddler was having a meltdown right in front of my house. Mm -hmm. And after a couple of minutes, I went outside and I was like, hey, you're doing a great job. Aww. And she's like, thank you. I don't know what's up with him today. But I'm like, it's so hard to hold them in their big emotions. And, and she's like, do you have kids? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got three boys. And so, like, in that way, was I her village that day, even though she doesn't know me? Mm-hmm. Maybe. But also, I don't love her. And I am not going to show up on her doorstep because I don't know that she's struggling. Right. What's a village for you? Um... I think it was mom groups and my friends, like when I had my blood clot after having Shay, my friends all got together and split on a Supperworks gift card. That felt really villagey. Um, my cousin Katie used to come over every Monday to watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. That felt like my village. She was my outlet to not feel just like a mom. Um, and that never stopped. Like whenever Lee was probably a week old, she was over watching The Bachelorette. And sometimes we'd get to watch it. And sometimes I would be in and out of a nursery mm-hmm. with a crying baby the whole time. And that felt really nice and supportive. Um, my mother-in-law and my mom helped out definitely in the first couple weeks. So I feel like I had a village. I feel more like I have a village as a doula, actually. And in the first few years of being a doula, I was very grateful for the amount of people that I could call on last minute and still can uh, to help with the kids if I am gone for an unforeseen amount of hours. So like the people who you can reach out to and be like, I'm going to a birth right now. Can you pick up Shay and bring her to gymnastics? And you know that they're going to show up if they can. I think that's a village. When I had the twins, my mom came three days a week and my mother-in-law came two days a week. So Mm -hmm. I definitely had a ton of physical support. And I wonder if there was a bit of an evaluation on their part where they thought, oh, wow, she actually really needs this help. It wasn't getting much sleep. Um, And I wonder if when you have one baby, there's a bit of a mentality of, well, you chose this. You chose this. You should be able to do this on your own. You should be able to do this on your own. Yeah. So I guess um, we did receive some feedback from someone that we felt like a bit was a bit of a hard truth. But you and I both agreed. We were both thinking it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes when we have this response, um, I don't have a village. There's this thought of, well, have you created a village? Yeah. And have you been a village for someone else? Mm -hmm. And a couple times, so when we shared that comment, some of the responses were, yes, I created that village back home, but then I moved. Or, yes, "Yes, I'm absolutely working on that. And it can feel maybe a little tit for tat. It does feel a little tit for tat. But it's like, I consider it an investment. So I had a situation a couple weeks ago where I had to be at a stag and doe an hour away and a 40th birthday party in Dorchester the same night. Both people I care for very much. And I had to figure out, like, how do I split my time tonight? And really, like, who's important? Why? And because it's an investment. It's an investment of my time into both of those friendships. And I pictured, like, jars and putting coins in jars. And it was like, this Dorchester party is kind of putting coins into the jar of my future, my village 
that is here, that is Dorchester, that is the people that we'll be friends with as long as we live here, the people whose kids are friends with my kids, where the stag and doe was somebody who was my village a long time ago. This is fascinating to me because I feel like this plays into our enneagrams. Yeah. Where you want to be needed and you you need others. Um, like for me, I would just solely look at which one would be more fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But they were both going to be fun. Yeah. And they were both with totally different groups of people. Yeah. Like they really both were going to be fun. Yeah. Equally. Okay, so if they're both going to be equally fun, I'm just trying to assess how I would decide. Yeah, that's how I decided. Yeah, was it the investment in the friendships? Yeah, yeah maybe I would I would think that through too. That's good. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried about it if I didn't think it was going to be fun. Yeah, fair enough. Then you wouldn't have committed in the first place. No. So I guess, yeah, like in your current life, are you, you know, if if you haven't had babies yet. Yeah. Where are you, are you watering are you, the grass? Yeah. Like, are you bringing casseroles over to people to, before yeah. you've had kids? Mm-hmm. That's the crappy thing about when you have kids. Like I know I had kids first, so I didn't get to be like a childless aunt and uncle. We didn't get to do that for our sisters and brothers mm-hmm. to be like the ones who didn't have kids. We were the ones who just, you just keep getting busier. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to find the time to like have your nieces and nephews over for a sleepover mm-hmm. when you're just trying to make it work daily. But I think that you have to give in a way that feels good for you or else it's going to feel grindy. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I do love cooking. So that is a way that I can easily show up at someone's house with food, a loaf of bread and some cookies. Um, I, I feel like you're open to sleepovers yeah. I don't want other people's kids coming right. for a sleepover. Yeah. So you're going to do that and it's going to feel good because you have more hustle bustle in the house and, and you love it and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if being on a, giving your number to someone to be their person to ask questions to feels good and you can do that because it's something you're already an expert in. Or maybe you don't want to be that person because you're tapped out and like, let's say you're a therapist or you're a nurse and you're like, please don't make yeah. me work more. Right. Then, you know, maybe it's something like buying them Subway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or sending a Starbucks gift card. That's always yeah. a great go-to. So yeah, I think village, the definition of it is different for so many people that it's a hard thing to define and answer. Like, what if I don't have a village? I think you need to look at your life and say, where do I feel like I need help? And who can provide me that help? So in our prenatal class, we always get our pregnant people to write down five people. Mm-hmm. And when you're having... And, and contact them ahead of time. Yep. Okay. And say, my silly doula yep. told me that I need to identify five people who I think would love to help when we have the baby. And also to identify the best ways to help me personally. So for some people, they want to be the one to hold their baby all the time. And for everybody else to do the other things, the cooking, the laundry, the cleaning. For other people who really like the way they cook and clean or it really fills their cup to cook and not have to worry about attending to a crying baby, that looks like you getting to come over and cuddle the baby while they cook and clean. Yeah. Which is cool too. So, but the best part about that, I think, is in the telling the people beforehand Personally, for me, I know I would love to get that text that's like, 
I would love your help after I have a baby. And this is exactly how I want that help. I know that when we've moved in the past and we've asked people for help, it feels better to be like, you're on this, you're on that. You're going to make sandwiches for everybody at lunchtime. Like people want to be told what to do. They don't want to send the text that's let me know what you need help with or let me know what I can do. Nobody wants to answer that. And, no, no. And, and nobody feels good offering it. So let's go back to your example of Katie watching The Bachelorette. Because yeah. I feel like that's exactly where that communication is so valuable. I think in another scenario, if you were like, yeah, so I just had a baby and my friend thought it would be helpful to come over and watch right. The Bachelorette with me. And you'd be steamy about it, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not what you needed. Yeah. But for you, it felt like normalcy. Mm-hmm. It felt like connection. It felt like family. And Ryan was always at fire practice that night. Yeah. So you had someone with you while you did the lonely things. Yeah. So the very thing that feels good for one person can feel like garbage for someone else. Yes. Um, yeah. Mm. So many thoughts. It's such a juicy topic. Like, for somebody who's really good at cooking, someone dropping over a subpar casserole, like, I would never cook for you. (laughs) For me personally? Never. Oh, okay. Would never even try. I mean... Even though I feel like you would really like it, Yeah. I would be so worried that I would epically fail. Oh. I mean, you make me lunch sometimes. Sometimes I I do, and it's okay. That's right. But, like, I wouldn't be like, Sarah, come over. I'll make you a dinner. No. (laughs) Lunch is different. (laughs) Oh, shoot. I mean... Just yeah. like I wouldn't ask you to make me a website. No. <laughs> or ask me to organize anything. Oh my goodness, it would be worse than when I got here. Oh, I was sharing with the doulas at our team meeting earlier today that I needed, I literally needed support in organizing my house. You can hire that. You can hire an organizer. Yes. And I have I have a friend who was an organizer for a short stint and she came over and helped me do, do my, my boy's closet and it's not like there's anything revolutionary about it. Like you empty the space, you decide your three piles, mm-hmm. keep, donate, toss, and then you put everything back in an organized way. It's more fun with a friend. It totally is. And that was what I needed was um, to like organize while someone else was also cleaning. For the second time today, sister wives are probably the right choice for everybody. Yeah, I know. And I think, okay, this is what I want to talk about with villages. Um, so I remember reading this thing a long time ago that said that the the realistic amount of people that we can care for and care about and know is 126. Whoa. Yeah. So so that is a realistic size of a village, right? Okay. So that's about the average size of villages kind of like hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. That's the amount of opinions you can handle. That's about the amount of families in, in that vicinity, right? So you can imagine the amount of things that are not going on in 126 people. Mm-hmm. You don't have an epic amount of death. You don't have a war happening. Yeah. So the amount of things mentally that we are demanding ourselves to care about. Oh, because our village is, is so Instagram. Big, right? So our village is Instagram. And we are supposed to care about everybody's issue and if you said Mm. to me right now i'm not even gonna say it i don't care about x whatever yeah like people would lose their mind how can you not care about right whatever's going on i don't have the capacity to care about that this country that country yeah um like it's too much for your brain to care about so i think when we start to think about that in terms of of a village like if you had only the 126 people in your space like you would know about the one or two people 
mm-hmm. that are having a baby. And we, we are very independent and detached. Like, I think that's a whole other topic. Yes. Yeah. And like distance is a huge hurdle to get over. Like right. if your friend is struggling, but they live 45 minutes away and they, you, you can't Uber eats them something, mm-hmm. you are really limited in what you can do. Well, and I think that's tough. Like even the other day when I was having a hard time and you were yeah. like, hey, how can I help? Like if you were my neighbor. Right. I think I'd be like, if you guys are, you know, if you're making extra dinner, sure. Bring it over. Be great. Right. But like I would never ask you to drive half an hour to bring over dinner. Yeah, I feel like then... it'd have to be a pretty bad day. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think in that space, I'd be like, I can actually just walk down the street and get pizza. Right. That's true. I could have Uber Eats you dinner. It, it, you know what I mean, though? It's just like, it, and it's so tough. It is so tough to ask. And I think that's why there's also the piece around when you're the helper, deciding what feels good to you and what you're willing to offer, mm-hmm. and then going ahead and doing it. But then there's also that piece around, like, let's say for Katie, um, she decided that's what felt good to her to give, but it wasn't what you wanted to receive. Right. Like, this is where we come up with this, like, conflict of have you communicated what you want and is she also giving what she's willing to offer Mm -hmm. man i do think that the mom groups is a huge part of the village i think having people who have had babies similarly timed to you like within the same three months is a game changer and that can be done in person or online really well i think and maybe i know a lot of people join these like massive face group Facebook groups that are like born in September 2022 and there's people all over North America in there who are all having babies in different ways. I think that's too much. Yeah. I think this is super biased, but because we have a community of like-minded people, I think this is why everybody feels so connected in our mom groups and in our prenatal classes even before because everybody is similar valued. Yeah, and then when you ask someone something, so let's say you have a value around breastfeeding and you ask one of those massive groups, like you're maybe what you're needing to hear is, yeah, it is really hard. You've got this. Keep going. Try and get some sleep when you can. Go have a snack. Mm-hmm. You know, tomorrow's another day. But then there are people who maybe need to hear your mental health is important. And Give baby, formula and yeah. your baby's going to be fine. Exactly. And if and if that's the advice that you're searching for, then great. But if it wasn't because you didn't want to be told to quit, then that's not the supportive environment mm-hmm. that you needed. Yeah. I think it comes down to like, who do you trust? And then who trusts you? Mm-hmm. And if you don't trust a lot of people... Or like a lot of people, that might be time for some self-reflection on how you can find problems with 98% of people in the world. Why don't you like a lot of people? Mm. Do you like yourself? Do you feel like you're valued, like you are worthy of being cared for? Do you think that the second you walk out of a door that, People they're, talk about that you? they're immediately saying negative things or good things? Yeah, like there is a lot of self-reflection that needs to go into making yourself a person who is part of a village and is going to have a village. And that sucks to say. Yeah, that's a hard truth for sure. But it really, really is 
a truth. I mean, it's if you want to have friends, you need to be a friend. Right. Mm. Yeah. What about introverts? I'm picturing some people who just like don't socialize really, really easily. Like maybe village also sounds big. Like it's a lot of people. I don't think your village has to be big. I think there can be two people in your village and that can make you feel quite happy. And I think introvert doesn't, can mean a lot of things. Like I know some introverts who are still very chatty. Mm. Maybe they're chatty though in a texting kind of way. Right. Um, Because I do believe that as human beings, everybody needs connection. Mm-hmm. I think we know that. Yes. So it's it's just that they need it maybe in a in a different, in a way, different way. But if they don't have the same numbers fr- of friends, but I think you and I could say like you and I both have a really large number of mm-hmm. friends. You still could probably triage or hierarchy them oh easy i do it all the time in my head do you (laughs) yeah to be able to say yeah these five would show up for me these ones are more not gonna show up but they're happy to yeah whatever yeah and there's just like again you know what people are down for when you do know who your village is you know what they're capable of like my friend christina is the one who i know when i message her to be like can you grab the girls from here can you do this she will do everything in her power to make it happen And if she can't do it, obviously she'll say no and that's fine. But she is my go-to, like the first day of school when I was at a birth. Yes. She came here, knew exactly where I took my pictures every year, took pictures of the girls in those spots and had the whole thing down. I would not think any one of my friends could do that actually other than her. Right. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they're not great, incredible friends, but that's what she excels at is doing that. Megan was really great at convincing me to not have a third baby. (laughs) Not a beautiful pep talk and also has many other great qualities, but like you can't get everything you need from one person and you're going to be able to get different things from different people in your village. Yeah. Is there anything else we haven't covered in terms of, I mean, we're talking about an online village. We're talking about your text group. I mean, sometimes your village is, is a place um, where they aren't offering physical help in this, in, in chicken soup, but they're validating your experience. Mm-hmm. I remember one of the things I needed the most with the twins was just to be able to say every day, I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. I wish there were just mattresses in yeah. the library or at the swimming pool <laughs> where I could just lay down. Or why does anyone want to hang out? I don't want to hang out. I just want them to take my baby so I can sleep for half an hour. I just needed to say that or to say how many times I was up in the night and for them to be like, oh, I hear you. It's so exhausting. Hope yeah. you get a coffee and some sunshine today. And that was it. Not, oh, have you thought about a sleep trainer? Have you thought about how to fix that? Can you call someone to come over? Like, unless that person's going to come over and actually give me a nap. I didn't need advice. I just needed the empathy, which they couldn't give because they weren't in close proximity Mm -hmm. to me. One was working. Sorry, two of them were working and one lived in Regina. It was my sister-in-law. But it was just a group chat that felt really, really good. Yeah. I mean, that's why we tell people to make smaller Instagrams when they have a baby. You like, know, what, make a small personal Instagram with the people in your village so that you can post the pictures of your shitty day if you want totally. and they're there for it. Well, and this brings me to this thought. I, I, was, I forgot it before and I've thought of it again. How 
so I often think about people who are bigger on Instagram mm-hmm. um, and they put up something about them being upset and all of a sudden, like let's go with the bird's papaya. So mm-hmm. Sarah Nicole Landry. Mm-hmm. So she has a bad day. Yeah. All of a Oof. sudden there's flowers at her house. Someone has Uber Eats her dinner. Mm-hmm. And these are people who don't even know her. But just because they are following her life mm-hmm. and they want to do something generous. Yeah. Are you communicating... And this is really tough because I I realize when we have these mental health talk days, one of the things that keeps coming up is when you are really, really low, you actually can't reach out. Yeah. So then you have an expectation of your village um, to keep reaching out. Like, I mean, when you're standing with a crying baby for the fourth hour in your living room, no one actually knows that you're doing that. Yeah. And so maybe before you get to hour five, you need to to learn to reach out to say I'm I'm not alone in this struggle like other moms have done this too and this sucks and I just need to air it and I'm not saying you necessarily need to post it on Instagram maybe you do maybe on you your do. smaller account yeah. um, maybe you need to send it to a few friends maybe it needs to go on a Facebook chat but there needs to be a space where you need to recognize that you don't just have bars on the windows you have glass yeah. and no one knows that you are insulated in your house bawling your eyes out with your baby and that it is sucking right now and it's sucking the life out of you. What was that whole thing that was going around in the pandemic that was like, take a good hard look at like who's reached out to you in the last six months. Like, yeah, there was this weird post that people were sharing that was expecting people to mind read and to check in. Mm. But we need to all realize that everybody is at their limit right now. Uh, It's November. It's gray. It's disgusting. There's a looming strike. They're talking about putting masks back on people, but it's not going to matter because the kids aren't going to be at school anyways. Also, everybody's broke because the strike's going to happen. They're going to have to not go to work already because their kids have been sick. Now, because of the strike, they're either picketing or not working because they have to be with their kids. Well, and we're Plus in a recession. Christmas. And, and it's a recession. recession. Yeah. People are at their limit. Yeah, expecting them to reach out is too much. You can't expect people to reach out. You can't expect your husband to read your minds. And you cannot expect your friends to reach out and check on you and know that you're not okay. No. That being said, I, you know, I can be in all that. And if someone were to reach out and say, hey, can you do this favor for me? I'm happy for the diversion and the distraction. Yes. Because it takes my obsession off of myself (laughs) and helps me to look outward for a minute and be like, oh, wow, I can do something that feels good. And like we try to do it with our clients who have had babies. We'll check in for the first few weeks. But then that goes away, too. Mm -hmm. We can't check in with everybody every week forever. No. And I think about this all the time with people who I've really enjoyed being their doula. And it's like a year later, six months later. And I'm like, man, I... I feel bad that I don't check in with them, but like I don't have the capacity no. to reach out to all of them. And that's on a. Because 126 people. Right? And that's in a work capacity. And then in a personal capacity too, like all, you know, your friendships and your people and your family. It's a lot. I, I know some something else someone brought up was about, you know, slowness and um, intentionality. Oh, yeah. Ex- and like just embracing that the present season that you're in is a slower time Mm -hmm. where you do less. Mm -hmm. They were saying, I mean, it wasn't about a village, but it was just about um, trying to settle into it. But also there was someone else that that wasn't the one I was thinking of. I was thinking more about um, 
this craving for a slower, more intentional life where we have time to even think through, mm. oh, okay, I'll make double dinner tonight so that I can go drop that off at someone's house. Like, I don't know. That it's Maybe it's because they're not right in front of our face. We don't think of it. But honestly, I this, so this is all over the place, but start saying yes. Like, mm. so when someone says to you, hey, I know, I don't know you very well, but, um, you know, when the baby comes, I would love to come visit or I'd love to whatever um you know maybe just say yes and then figure out what that's gonna look like um I know that this is like feels in opposition to what we talk about with boundaries right because it's very confusing it is because with boundaries we want to say you know what I really don't want strangers in my house in the first three weeks um but also maybe if your partner's gone back to work and you are lonely, it might be fine for someone to stop by for tea at 1 p.m. Yeah. So if you made it on your terms, you know, it could feel good. Or, you know, maybe you don't have time for a visit or don't want to visit, but the porch drop off would be really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think saying yes to things is really great advice. And like just being genuinely curious about people and less judgmental and seeing what that can bring to you. Like, don't write as many people off. So I have a client whose um, parents, they had a stressful scenario with their second baby and, and their parents moved in to help out for a bit. And it was kind of like in limbo, like when are they going to move out? And so she was kind of asking me, like, you know, do I just keep, she felt like it was like taking advantage of them. And she was, she was saying like, I don't know, like they've offered to stay. And I said, if they have offered to stay, say yes. If Mm -hmm. you want them here, say yes. Like, and so I remember my mom had heard this quote and this is when I had the the twins were babies. And she was like, if you're at the point where you're criticizing the way your mother or mother-in-law folds your laundry, it's time for them to go. Okay. Yeah. So I felt like that was a good guideline. If you're at the point where the way your mother or friend or mother-in-law is unloading the dishwasher is grinding your gears, you don't like the way they're folding your laundry, you're not probably needy enough. Right. You know? Yeah. So, but if you're at the point where you're like, I actually don't care what you make for dinner because that takes a mental load off of me. Then that's a great time for help. Then that's a great time for help. And honestly, for, for scenarios like that where someone, an aunt and uncle, a parent has moved in and are helping you out, like... This is a time where they can give. And if they are not saying to you that they're tapped out and they need to go, like, this is the moment you need them. If you're in that, you know, two, three weeks postpartum, like, don't try and spread it out. You you might be fine at eight weeks and mm-hmm. not need that help. And should should we really be able to do it all alone? Like, I went to do a postpartum visit this week with a client who just had a cesarean. And she was trying to make her partner breakfast. Stop. Yes. She was. Okay. She's walking around trying to make her partner breakfast. And he's like, why are you doing this? But she feels like she sh- her expectation of herself was that she should be able to do everything and just pick up right where she left off. Oh. It's an insane expectation. Or that we should be able to do it all alone. But who made that rule that you invited this baby into your life so you should be able to do it without complaining and without help? Who made that rule? Yeah, that is an interesting one because I I think there is that that stands for a few things in our life, right? Like, well, you married you him, married him, so you must have known what he was you like. You chose to have you that many kids. This. Yeah, you chose to have a baby. You chose to put them in the hockey. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, it's so true. Oh my goodness, the hockey parents are dying right now. You chose to put them in hockey. You, you welcome that life. You live in an arena. Oh. I did not choose that. You chose the gymnastics I life. I choose, choose the gymnastics life, the drop and go. I don't even put the car in park. <laughs> Bye. Oh, man. See in four hours. Yeah. It gives you a lot of time to do Christmas shopping. It's wonderful. So there's some nuance there. Like, talk me through that. I mean, it's both and. Yes. 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 So yes, you chose, you chose to that. have a baby. But yes, we're all allowed to ask for help. And yes, this is really hard. Yeah. So you know where I find this the most powerful is with our IVF people. Oh. Yeah, so, bless their souls. Oh, man. You know, you've had people who have tried to have a baby. You literally baby. paid to have this you baby. You paid to have a baby for five years. And now you have this idea that you're supposed to love every, love every second. Every moment? Like, no. No. Absolutely not. And I did have a reflection from one client. She was like, I guess I knew that I wouldn't love every moment. I just didn't know there would be this many moments I wouldn't love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's felt more. But like... How do you prepare yourself, seriously, you for preparation of, of 24-7, your life is about you and your partner, to now 24-7, you have a brain that's literally changed and oriented itself towards a baby, and this baby could cry at any moment, and you are the person to go meet their needs, and you're supposed to all of a sudden love this 24-7 new reality? It's wild. It's horrible. Oh my goodness. It's mostly horrible. It's mostly horrible. With a few moments of joy. Yeah. And I don't know why people think it'll be mostly joy with a few moments of horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean. It's mostly a grind. The joy level goes up, but then the horrible level changes too, where it's like a worse kind of horrible. A well, different kind of horrible. I think we go from a physical yeah, to an a emotional emotion. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely have this argument with my sister-in-law all the time because we think way differently. My thought with the twins was that the first year was the hardest. And I do still say this to twin mm-hmm. parents, for sure. Like, it's different, I think, with one baby where you can wear one baby and yes. walk around. And you're like, yeah. but my toddler's way harder. Yes, yes. But with twin newborns, I could get no sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like that first year was the hardest. And yes, even though they got to be chaotic and fighting and whatever, making a mess, you know what? They could get up themselves. I wasn't carrying them everywhere on True. my body. yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you do transfer into this, uh, you know, and now obviously it's the, the, the talking back and the arguments they want to have with you that it's a different mental and emotional battle. It's not a physical one. Yeah. I think, I think it's fine. Again, it's another duality of life. Mm. It doesn't mean that you're a bad parent if you don't love every moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Libby, the diary of an honest mom. Did you see that this week? She made a reel about being annoyed with her kid's cough. And somebody commented and was like, how dare you be annoyed with your child and their cough? Like, it sounds annoying. Yeah. Stop coughing. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's like grating on your nerves. Funny thing, I was with Cheryl in Utah. She had a cough the whole time. Never annoyed with her. Oh. Because I don't have to care about... I don't have to take care of her. I don't know what it is, but... I find I can handle... Like the chewing sounds when my kids are really little. Because I'm like, I love you so much. You can't do anything that, that like disgusts me. Mm-hmm. But like my husband, who I also love, chewing in my ear doesn't know. Yeah. No. Ryan will toss me across the couch. <laughs> 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 Get your chips out of here. Go eat chips in the basement. 
But when he coughs, I feel the same way. I'm like, go build another home. We have oh, 50 really? acres. Yes. Oh, but because you, you feel Ugh. like he might be a drain on you and you have to take care of him? I don't know what it is. Yeah. I just cannot stand it. So oh, I totally funny. felt the same as Libby when she put that up. I, was, I actually commented. How about husbands? Yeah. So I find it interesting when people comment. I mean, obviously, we know people's comments are 100% a reflection of themselves mm-hmm. and nothing to do with the content. But like that person who comments... What did they say? So they said something like, as if you don't love every moment with your children, like you're supposed to be caring for them when they're sick and now you're resenting a moment with them. Like, like that person is telling themselves a story that they're not allowed to have a negative feeling. Mm-hmm. And where do you think that's built up in your body? Like, yeah. that's not good. I saved a really good thing on Instagram that I saw that someone shared that was like, I... <laughs> Do you hate sneezes too? No. Sneezes don't bother me, but you woke Luna up. <laughs> Sorry, Luna. Um, it was basically about like, I want my kids to see that I'm a mom who takes care of myself, that I prioritize myself because that's what I want for them. Yes, I saw this too. Yeah. And it was like, when you don't prioritize yourself, you're showing your daughter that eventually this is how she should yes. treat herself too. Like, no, thank you. Or even to boys, right? Yeah. You're showing that you should future, expect of a wife. Yeah, that yeah. she should just, you know, sacrifice Martyr herself everything. through everything. No. Yeah. So I want to show my kids, like, I can love you and be annoyed with you. Mm. That's fine. I mean, yesterday. Maybe I don't love your cough, but I love you. I love you, but you need to be outside of the van. Yes. Playing in, playing the, in snow, the snow. While I have what I thought would be two minutes, but turned out to be 20 minutes. <laughs> of a crying myself, fest. <laughs> drinking my coffee, having to cry, and uh, scrolling Instagram. And that's and okay. It's just, it's just what I needed. We just need to say that all of that stuff is okay. It's like Ryan's family, they have transformed from my influence a little bit, where I've constantly been saying, why do we have to make a turkey dinner every time we get together? Why do we have to slave over everything? And the last time we had a family party, we ordered pizza. Amazing. And it was the best thing ever. Sometimes you can have turkey, but sometimes it's nice to say, you know what? Domino's is going to handle this. And I love when you can get down to the essence of like, hey, I like you and I still want to be with you, but I don't want this to feel like drudgery. Yeah. So let's hang out and just not focus on what we want the food to be. Right. And I think like our Brandon's family does this really well because there are a few of us who really love cooking, but we're often together for long extended portions of holidays. So we do both. We have Mm -hmm. the meals where we're like, yeah, let's do all the recipes. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the nights where it's like all the boxed um, hors d'oeuvres. Oh, the best. Just throw them in the oven or like, yeah, order pizza. My high school girlfriends are coming over in a couple Fridays and I was like, oh, I'll cook for you guys. And Janet was like, you check your cycle before you commit to that. (laughs) literally it's supposed to be day one oh (laughs) i was like yeah it's a hard no on the cooking and a yes on the ordering out or just making appetizers in the air fryer yeah (laughs) smart woman smart woman smart woman i was like oh it'll be so cute i totally have the time just because i have the time doesn't mean that i'm gonna want to cook for them I just was craving one thing, but I'll make that another time. Things you commit to <laughs> while you're ovulating. Yes. Give yourself permission to reevaluate. Yeah. Actually, don't commit to things when you're ovulating because you'll commit oh, to a lot of things. That's a very good point. Yeah. You I will overburden your schedule. I have this problem. This is maybe my life problem. I, I The undercommitting and the overcommitting mm-hmm. is a balance I do not have. I do not have it figured no. out. No. I have too much and too little. Yeah, you do. 
It's interesting. <laughs> you want to wrap it up? <laughs> well, you're we done have, talking. We have a call. Oh yeah. Oh, I told her two fifteen. Oh, okay. she probably listens to the podcast. She'll listen to this and be like, "That was me." <laughs> so that is our opinion on what if you don't have a village. We hope you learned something. I feel like we'll have an addendum probably the next time we do a podcast. We'll be like, "Hey, I was thinking about the village thing and I had more thoughts." <laughs> yeah, we will revisit this. Definitely. Maybe we'll have someone on. Is there a village expert? Yeah. What's a village expert? Who knows, but I feel like therapists have probably heard a lot of things. And people love the last podcast with the, with the social worker mm-hmm. that we did. We should probably mm-hmm. do another. Yeah, where people are experts and not just, just us, us. babbling. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to our babbles. <laughs> Hello? Is this working? Oh, look at that full red. Perfect. We know we like it loud. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> That's a great way to start the podcast. Like don't you and think? loud. Birth and all other activities. Were you loud when you gave birth? No. No? I was with the twins because the doctor was shoving my vagina over Noah's head. That, but that makes a person loud. Yeah. That was being done to me. Mm-hmm. Jacob? No, I was just kind of talking. I'm like, oh, I just felt myself. I, I felt a pop. And, I'm like, <laughs> and oh. there was just a baby? I just tore. Oh, really? Yeah, I felt You could feel yourself tear. Huh. It felt like a pop. I think it was the same scar line as the Um, O'Reilly. Were you loud? Yeah, like a demon. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Everly's happened so fast, I don't really remember much of what it felt like, and I did tear a lot, and I remember her body slithering out. That's, like, the only feeling that I have. Mm. that I remember, but I do know that I was like a demon both times. Very loud. I would imagine I was loud with Jacob in the part where I, it was just, he flew out. So I remember my body like planking, like coming up out of the water Mm. and they were like, you need your bum under the water. You can't have this half in, half out. Yes. Um, so I'm, I don't, I don't remember being loud, but I, I'm not going to say that I was silent. We'll have to, when Brandon finally comes on the podcast, so many questions for him so many questions maybe we should ask the peoples what questions they would ask ryan would never come on the podcast but we can just interview brandon (laughs) ryan would probably be like absolutely not what are we talking about today so the people want us to talk about what do you do if you don't have a village yes pause my dogs are outside (gasps) oh please hold yeah game on did you just yell at Indy? Yeah, she's he, he's licking my drink. <laughs> I didn't yell. It was more like a. Eh. Eh. It was a correction. Yes. So, the what, peoples wanted us to talk about. Yeah. What do you do if you don't have a village? What does a village mean to you? Hmm. People who care about you. Hmm. Do they physically show up or are they just there caring about you somewhere else? I think we've talked about this on another podcast before, but some of my village was a text chat. Mm. And I know when we asked this question online, a lot of people did reference some of the baby groups, mom and baby groups, Facebook groups that they're in. Yes. And that that can feel supportive at three in the morning when you need to vent 
Yeah, I'm wondering what people are picturing when they're writing to us saying, I didn't have a village. Do Are they picturing that like they didn't have somebody on their doorstep with a casserole every night? Is that what they didn't have? Yeah, or like a meal train or an unpaid doula. Right. So someone who's willing to come in and, you know. Care for you. Yeah. Like a mom, a mother-in-law, an aunt, sister. Friend. Yeah, and, and I think we definitely have clients who have moved here for for their partner's work and then they've got no family mm-hmm. but maybe there is a differentiation that they're meaning between i have no family i have no village right maybe people mean something different yeah for myself what i envision because i've been to nicaragua and there's houses that have just bars for windows I always envision a brand new mother in there with a baby that is crying for hours. And I feel like in those villages, there's no way a baby would cry for six hours without somebody stopping by. And I do feel like this a bit in Mortley Village. I had um, someone, uh, her toddler was having a meltdown right in front of my house. Mm -hmm. And after a couple of minutes, I went outside and I was like, hey, you're doing a great job. Aw. And she's like, thank you. I don't know what's up with him today. But I'm like, it's so hard to hold them in their big emotions. And, and she's like, do you have kids? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got three boys. And so, like, in that way, was I her village that day, even though she doesn't know me? Mm-hmm. Maybe. But also, I don't love her. And I am not going to show up on her doorstep because I don't know that she's struggling. Right. What's a village for you? Um... I think it was mom groups and my friends, like when I had my blood clot after having Shay, my friends all got together and split on a Supperworks gift card. That felt really villagey. Um, my cousin Katie used to come over every Monday to watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. That felt like my village. She was my outlet to not feel just like a mom. Um, and that never stopped. Like whenever Lee was probably a week old, she was over watching The Bachelorette. And sometimes we'd get to watch it. And sometimes I would be in and out of a nursery mm-hmm. with a crying baby the whole time. And that felt really nice and supportive. Um, my mother-in-law and my mom helped out definitely in the first couple weeks. So I feel like I had a village. I feel more like I have a village as a doula, actually. And in the first few years of being a doula, I was very grateful for the amount of people that I could call on last minute and still can uh, to help with the kids if I am gone for an unforeseen amount of hours. So like the people who you can reach out to and be like, I'm going to a birth right now. Can you pick up Shay and bring her to gymnastics? And you know that they're going to show up if they can. I think that's a village. When I had the twins, my mom came three days a week and my mother-in-law came two days a week. So mm-hmm. I definitely had a ton of physical support. And I wonder if there was a bit of an evaluation on their part where they thought, oh, wow, she actually really needs this help. I wasn't getting much sleep. Um, and I wonder if when you have one baby, there's a bit of a mentality of, well, you chose you, this. You, chose this. And you should be do- able to do this on you your own. You should do this on your own. Yeah. So I guess um, we did receive some feedback from someone that we felt like a bit of, was a bit of a hard truth, but you and I both agreed. We were both with thinking it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes when we have this response, um, I don't have a village. There's this thought of, well, have you created a village? Yeah. 
And have you been a village for someone else? Mm -hmm. And a couple times, so when we shared that comment, some of the responses were, yes, I created that village back home, but then I moved. Or, um, yes, I'm absolutely working on that. And it can feel maybe a little tit for tat. It does feel a little tit for tat. But it's like, I consider it an investment. So I had a situation a couple weeks ago where I had to be at a stag and doe an hour away and a 40th birthday party in Dorchester the same night. Both people I care for very much. And I had to figure out, like, how do I split my time tonight? And really, like, who's important? Why? And because it's an investment. It's an investment of my time into both of those friendships. And I pictured, like, jars and putting coins in jars. And it was like, this Dorchester party is kind of putting coins into the jar of my future, my village that is here, that is Dorchester, that is the people that we'll be friends with as long as we live here, the people whose kids are friends with my kids, where the stag and doe was somebody who was my village a long time ago. This is fascinating to me because I feel like this plays into our Enneagrams. Yeah. Where you want to be needed and you you need others. Um, like for me, I would just solely look at which one would be more fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But they were both going to be fun. Yeah. And they were both with totally different groups of people. Yeah. Like, they really both were going to be fun. Yeah. Equally. Okay, so if they're both going to be equally fun, I'm just trying to assess how I would decide. Yeah. That's how I decided. Yeah. Was it the investment in the friendships? Yeah. yeah maybe I would I would think that through, too. That's good. Yeah. I wouldn't be worried about it if I didn't think it was going to be fun. Yeah. Fair enough. Then you wouldn't have committed in the first place. No. So, I guess, yeah, like, in your current life are you you know if if you haven't had babies yet yeah where are you you watering the grass yeah like are you bringing casseroles over to people before you've had kids Mm -hmm. that's the crappy thing about when you have kids like i know i had kids first so i didn't get to be like a childless aunt and uncle we didn't get to do that for our sisters and brothers Mm -hmm. to be like the ones who didn't have kids we were the ones who just you just keep getting busier. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to find the time to like have your nieces and nephews over for a sleepover mm-hmm. when you're just trying to make it work daily. But I think that you have to give in a way that feels good for you or else it's going to feel grindy. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I do love cooking. So that is a way that I can easily show up at someone's house with food, a loaf of bread and some cookies. Um, I, I feel like you're open to sleepovers. Yeah. I don't want other people's kids coming right. for a sleepover. Yeah. So you're going to do that and it's going to feel good because you have more hustle bustle in the house and, and you love it and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if being on a, giving your number to someone to be their person to ask questions to feels good and you can do that because it's something you're already an expert in or maybe you don't want to be that person because you're tapped out and like let's say you're a therapist or you're a nurse and you're like please don't make me work more right then you know maybe it's something like buying them subway Mm Hmm. yeah or sending a starbucks gift card that's always a great go-to so yeah i think village the definition of it is different for so many people that it's a hard thing to define and answer, like, what if I don't have a village? I think you need to f- look at your life and say, where do I feel like I need help? And who can provide me that help? 
So in our prenatal class, we always get our pregnant people to write down five people. Mm-hmm. And when you're having, and, and contact them ahead of time. Yep. Can say my silly doula yep. told me that I need to identify five people who I think would love to help when we have the baby and also to identify the best ways to help me personally. So for some people, they want to be the one to hold their baby all the time and for everybody else to do the other things, the cooking, the laundry, the cleaning. For other people who really like the way they cook and clean or it really fills their cup to cook and not have to worry about attending to a crying baby, that looks like you getting to come over and cuddle the baby while they cook and clean. Yeah. Which is cool too. So, but the best part about that, I think, is in the telling the people beforehand. Personally, for me, I know I would love to get that text that's like, I would love your help after I have a baby, and this is exactly how I want that help. I know that when we've moved in the past and we've asked people for help, it feels better to be like, you're on this, you're on that, you're going to make sandwiches for everybody at lunchtime. Like, people want to be told what to do. They don't want to send the text that's, let me know what you need help with or let me know what I can do. Nobody wants to answer that. And, no, no. And, and nobody feels good offering it. So let's go back to your example of Katie watching The Bachelorette. Because yeah. I feel like that's exactly where that communication is so valuable. I think in another scenario, if you were like, yeah, so I just had a baby and my friend thought it would be helpful to come over and watch right. The Bachelorette with me. And you'd be steamy about it, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not what you needed. Yeah. But for you, it felt like normalcy. Mm-hmm. It felt like connection. It felt like family. And Ryan was always at fire practice that night. Yeah. So you had someone with you while you did the lonely things. Yeah. So the very thing that feels good for one person can feel like garbage for someone else. Yes. Um, yeah. Mm. So many thoughts. It's such a juicy topic. Like, for somebody who's really good at cooking, someone dropping over a subpar casserole, like, I would never cook for you. (laughs) For me personally? Never. Oh, okay. Would never even try. I mean... Even though I feel like you would really like it. Yeah. I would be so worried that I would epically fail. Oh. I mean, you make me lunch sometimes. Sometimes I I do and it's okay. That's right. But, like, I wouldn't be like, Sarah, come over. I'll make you a dinner. No. (laughs) Lunch is different. (laughs) Oh, shoot. I mean... Just like I wouldn't ask you to make me a website. No. (laughs) Or ask me to organize anything. Oh my goodness, it would be worse than when I got here. Oh, I was sharing with the doulas at our team meeting earlier today that I needed, I literally needed support in organizing my house. You can hire that. You can hire an organizer. Yes, and I have have a friend who was an organizer for a short stint and she came over and helped me do my, my boy's closet and it's not like there's anything revolutionary about it. Like you empty the space, you decide your three piles, mm-hmm. keep, donate, toss, and then you put everything back in an organized way. It's more fun with a friend. It totally is. And that was what I needed was um, to like organize while someone else was also cleaning. For the second time today, sister wives are probably the right choice for everybody. Yeah, I know. And I think, okay, this is what I want to talk about with villages um, so I remember reading this thing a long time ago that said that the the realistic amount of people that we can care for and care about and know is 126. Whoa. Yeah. So so that is a realistic size of a village. 
right? Okay. So that's about the average size of villages kind of like hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. That's the amount of opinions you can handle. That's about the amount of families in, in that vicinity, right? So you can imagine the amount of things that are not going on in 126 people. Mm-hmm. You don't have an epic amount of death. You don't have a war happening. So the amount of things mentally that we are demanding ourselves to care about. Oh, because our village is is so Instagram. Right? So our village is Instagram. And we are supposed to care about everybody's issue. And if you said Mm. to me right now, I'm not even going to say it. I don't care about X whatever. Yeah. Like people would lose their mind. How can you not care about whatever's going on? I don't have the capacity to care about that. this country, that country. Yeah. Um. Like, it's too much for your brain to care about. So I think when we start to think about that in terms of, of a village, like, if you had only the 126 people in your space, like, you would know about the one or two people mm-hmm. that are having a baby. And we, we are very independent and detached. Like, I think that's a whole other topic. Yes. Yeah, and, like, distance is a huge hurdle to get over. Like right. if your friend is struggling, but they live 45 minutes away and they, you, you can't Uber eats them something, mm-hmm. you are really limited in what you can do. Well, and I think that's tough. Like even the other day when I was having a hard time and you were yeah. like, hey, how can I help? Like if you were my neighbor, right? I think I'd be like, if you guys are, you know, if you're making extra dinner, sure. Bring it over. Be great. Right. But like, I would never ask you to drive half an hour. To bring over dinner. Yeah, I feel like it'd have to be a pretty bad day. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think in that space, I'd be like, I can actually just walk down the street and get pizza. Right. That's true. I could have Uber Eats you dinner. You know what I mean, though? It's just like, and it's so tough. It is so tough to ask. And I think that's why there's also the piece around when you're the helper, deciding what feels good to you and what you're willing to offer, Mm -hmm. and then going ahead and doing it. But then there's also that piece around, like, let's say for Katie... Um, she decided that's what felt good to her to give, but it wasn't what you wanted to receive. Right. Like, this is where we come up with this, like, conflict of have you communicated what you want and is she also giving what she's willing to offer? hmm Man. I do think that the mom groups is a huge part of the village. I think having people who have had babies similarly timed to you, like, within the same three months is a game changer and that can be done in person or online really well i think and maybe i know a lot of people join these like massive face group facebook groups that are like born in september 2022 and there's people all over north america in there who are all having babies in different ways i think that's too much yeah i think this is super biased but because we have a community of like-minded people i think this is why everybody feels so connected in our mom groups and in our prenatal classes even before because everybody is similar valued. Yeah, and then when you ask someone something, so let's say you have a value around breastfeeding and you ask one of those massive groups, like you're maybe what you're needing to hear is, yeah, it is really hard. You've got this. Keep going. Try and get some sleep when you can. Go have a snack. Mm-hmm. You know, tomorrow's another day. But then there are people who maybe need to hear your mental health is important. And Give maybe, formula and yeah. your baby's going to be fine. Exactly. And if and if that's the advice that you're searching for, then great. But if it wasn't because you didn't want to be told to quit, then that's not the supportive 
environment mm-hmm. that you needed. Yeah. I think it comes down to like, who do you trust? And then who trusts you? Mm-hmm. And if you don't trust a lot of people or like a lot of people, that might be time for some self-reflection on how you can find problems with 98% of people in the world. Why don't you like a lot of people? Mm. Do you like yourself? Do you feel like you're valued, like you are worthy of being cared for? Do you think that the second you walk out of a door, that people talk about you? They're immediately saying negative things or good things? Yeah, like there is a lot of self reflection that needs to go into making yourself a person who is part of a village and is going to have a village. And that sucks to say. Yeah, that's a hard truth for sure. But it really, really is a truth. I mean, it's if you want to have friends, you need to be a friend. Right. Mm. Yeah. What about introverts? I'm picturing some people who just like don't socialize really, really easily. Like maybe village also sounds big. Like it's a lot of people. I don't think your village has to be big. I think there can be two people in your village and that can make you feel quite happy. And I think introvert doesn't can mean a lot of things. Like I know some introverts who are still very chatty. Mm. Maybe they're chatty though in a texting kind of way. Right. Um, Because I do believe that as human beings, everybody needs connection. Mm-hmm. I think we know that. Yes. So it's it's just that they need it maybe in a in a different, in a way, different way. But if they don't have the same numbers for, of friends, but I think you and I could say like you and I both have a really large number of mm-hmm. friends. You still could probably triage your hierarchy then oh easy i do it all the time in my head do you (laughs) yeah to be able to say yeah these five would show up for me these ones are more not gonna show up but they're happy to yeah whatever yeah and there's just like again you know what people are down for when you do know who your village is you know what they're capable of like my friend christina is the one who i know when i message her to be like can you grab the girls from here can you do this she will do everything in her power to make it happen And if she can't do it, obviously, she'll say no, and that's fine. But she is my go-to, like, the first day of school when I was at a birth. Yes. She came here, knew exactly where I took my pictures every year, took pictures of the girls in those spots, and had the whole thing down. I would not think any one of my friends could do that, actually, other than her. Right. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they're not great, incredible friends, but that's what she excels at is doing that. Megan was really great at convincing me to not have a third baby. (laughs) (laughs) Had a beautiful pep talk and also has many other great qualities, but like you can't get everything you need from one person and you're going to be able to get different things from different people in your village. Yeah. Is there anything else we haven't covered in terms of, I mean, we're talking about an online village. We're talking about your text group. I mean, sometimes your village is, is a place um, where they aren't offering physical help in this, in, in chicken soup, but they're validating your experience. Mm-hmm. 
I remember one of the things I needed the most with the twins was just to be able to say every day, I'm so tired. Mm -hmm. I wish there were just mattresses in the library or at the swimming pool (laughs) where I could just lay down. Or why does anyone want to hang out? I don't want to hang out. I just want them to take my baby so I can sleep for half an hour. I just needed to say that or to say how many times I was up in the night and for them to be like, oh, I hear you. It's so exhausting. Hope you get a coffee and some sunshine today. And that was it. Not, oh, have you thought about a sleep trainer? Have you thought about how to fix that? Can you call someone to come over? Like, unless that person's going to come over and actually give me a nap. I didn't need advice. I just needed the empathy, which they couldn't give because they weren't in close proximity Mm -hmm. to me. One was working. Sorry, two of them were working and one lived in Regina. It was my sister-in-law. But it was just a group chat that felt really really good yeah i mean that's why we tell people to make smaller instagrams when they have a baby you know make a small personal instagram with the people in your village so that you can post the pictures of your shitty day if you want and they're there for it well and this brings me to this thought i I was i forgot it before and i've thought of it again how so i often think about people who are bigger on instagram Mm -hmm. um and they put up something about them being upset and all of a sudden like, let's go with the bird's papaya. So mm-hmm. Sarah Nicole Landry. Mm-hmm. So she has a bad day. Yeah. All of a Oof. sudden, there's flowers at her house. Someone has Uber Eats her dinner. Mm-hmm. And these are people who don't even know her. But just because they are following her life. Mm-hmm. And they want to do something generous. Yeah. Are you communicating? And this is really tough. Because I, I realize when we have these mental health talk days, one of the things that keeps coming up is... When you are really, really low, you actually can't reach out. Yeah. So then you have an expectation of your village um, to keep reaching out. Like, I mean, when you're standing with a crying baby for the fourth hour in your living room, no one actually knows that you're doing that. Yeah. And so maybe before you get to hour five, you need to to learn to reach out to say, "I'm, I'm not alone in this struggle. Like other moms have done this too, and this sucks." And I just need to air it. And I'm not saying you necessarily need to post it on Instagram. Maybe you do on your smaller account. Um, Maybe you need to send it to a few friends. Maybe it needs to go on a Facebook chat. But there needs to be a space where you need to recognize that you don't just have bars on the windows. You have glass. And no one knows that you are insulated in your house, bawling your eyes out with your baby. And that it is sucking right now and is sucking the life out of you. What was that whole thing that was going around in the pandemic that was like, take a good hard look at like who's reached out to you in the last six months? Like, yeah, there was this weird post that people were sharing that was expecting people to mind read and to check in. Mm. But we need to all realize that everybody is at their limit right now. Uh, It's November. It's gray. It's disgusting. There's a looming strike. They're talking about putting masks back on people, but it's not going to matter because the kids aren't going to be at school anyways. Also, everybody's broke because the strike's going to happen. They're going to have to not go to work already because their kids have been sick. Now, because of the strike, they're either picketing or not working because they have to be with their kids. Well, and we're Plus in a recession. Christmas, and it's a recession. recession. Yeah. People are at their limit. Yeah, expecting them to reach yes. out is too much. You can't expect people to reach out. Yeah. You and can't I, expect your husband to read your minds, and you cannot expect your friends to reach out and check on you and know that you're not okay. No. That being said, I, you know, I can be in all that, and if someone were to reach out and say, hey, can you do this favor for me? 
I'm happy for the diversion and the distraction. Yes. Because yes. it takes my obsession off of myself yeah. <laughs> and helps me to look outward for a minute and be yeah. like, oh, wow, I can Someone's do something really, yeah. that feels good. And like we try to do it with our clients who have had babies. We'll check in for the first few weeks. But then that goes away, too. Mm-hmm. We can't check in with everybody every week forever. No. And I think about this all the time with people who I've really enjoyed being their doula. And it's like a year later, six months later. And I'm like, man, I... I feel bad that I don't check in with them, but like I don't have the capacity no. to reach out to all. Of, and that's on a... Because 126 people. Right. And that's in a work capacity. And then in a personal capacity too, like all, you know, your friendships and your people and your family. It's a lot. I I know some something else someone brought up was about, you know, slowness and um, intentionality. Oh, yeah. Ex- and like just embracing that the present season that you're in is a slower time mm-hmm. where you do less. Mm-hmm. They were saying, I mean, it wasn't about a village, but it was just about um, trying to settle into it. But also there was someone else that, was, that wasn't the one I was thinking of. I was thinking more about um, this craving for a slower, more intentional life where we have time to even think through, mm. oh, okay, I'll make double dinner tonight so that I can go drop that off at someone's house. Like, I don't know that it's maybe it's because they're not right in front of our face. We don't think of it. But honestly, I, so this is all over the place, but start saying yes. Like, Mm. so when someone says to you, Hey, I know, I don't know you very well, but, um, you know, when the baby comes, I would love to come visit or I would love to whatever. Um, you know, maybe just say yes and then figure out what that's going to look like. Um, I know that this is like feels in opposition to what we talk about with boundaries. Right. Because it's very it, confusing. It is because with boundaries, we want to say, you know what? I really don't want strangers in my house in the first three weeks. Um, but also maybe if your partner's gone back to work and you are lonely, it might be fine for someone to stop by for tea at 1 p.m. Yeah. So if you made it on your terms, you know, it could feel good. Or, you know, maybe you don't have time for a visit or don't want to visit, but the porch drop-off would be really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think saying yes to things is really great advice. And, like, just being genuinely curious about people and less judgmental and seeing what that can bring to you. Like, don't write as many people off. So I have a client whose um, parents, they had a stressful scenario with their second baby and, and their parents moved in to help out for a bit and it was kind of like in limbo like when are they going to move out and so she was kind of asking me like you know do I just keep she felt like it was like taking advantage of them and she was she was saying like I don't know like they've offered to stay and I said if they have offered to stay say yes if Mm -hmm. you want them here say yes like and so I remember my mom had heard this quote and this is when I had the the, the twins were babies and she was like if you're at the point where you're criticizing the way your mother or mother-in-law folds your laundry it's time for them to go okay yeah so I felt like that was a good guideline if you're at the point where the way your mother or friend or mother-in-law is unloading the dishwasher is grinding your gears you don't like the way they're folding your laundry you're not probably needy enough right you know yeah so, but if you're at the point where you're like, I actually don't care what you make for dinner because that takes a mental load off of me. Then that's a great time for help. Then it's a great time for help. And honestly, for, for scenarios like that where someone, an aunt and uncle, a parent has moved in and are helping you out, like this is a time where they can give. And if they are not saying to you that they're tapped out and they need to go, 
Like, this is the moment you need them. If you're in that, you know, two, three weeks postpartum, like, don't try and spread it out. You you might be fine at eight weeks and mm. not need that help. And should should we really be able to do it all alone? Like, I went to do a postpartum visit this week with a client who just had a cesarean, and she was trying to make her partner breakfast. Stop. Yes. She was. Okay. She's walking around trying to make her partner breakfast, and he's like, why are you doing this? But she feels like she sh- her expectation of herself was that she should be able to do everything and just pick up right where she left off. Oh. It's an insane expectation. Or that we should be able to do it all alone. But who made that rule that you invited this baby into your life so you should be able to do it without complaining and without help? Who made that rule? Yeah, that is an interesting one. Because I, I, I think... There is that that stands for a few things in our life, right? Like, well, you married you him. You married him. So you must have known what he was you like. You chose to have you that many kids. This. Yeah, you chose to have a baby. You chose to put them in the hockey. <laughs> <laughs> you chose it's so true. Oh my goodness, the hockey parents are dying right now. You chose to put them in hockey. You, you welcome that life. You live in an arena. Oh. I did not choose that. You chose the gymnastics I life. I choose, choose the gymnastics life, the drop and go. <laughs> I don't even put the car in park. <laughs> Bye. Oh, man. See you in four hours. Yeah. It gives you a lot of time to do Christmas shopping. It's wonderful. So there's some nuance there. Like, talk me through that. I mean, it's both and. Yes. 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 Yes, so yes you chose, you chose to that, have a baby. But yes, we're all allowed to ask for help. And yes, this is really hard. Yeah. So you know where I find this the most powerful is with our IVF people. Oh, yeah. So, Bless their souls. Oh, man. You know, you've had people who have tried to have a baby. You literally baby. paid to have this you baby. You paid to have a baby for five years. And now you have this idea that you're supposed to love every, love every second every moment like no no absolutely not and i did have a reflection from one client she was like i guess i knew that i wouldn't love every moment i just didn't know there would be this many moments i wouldn't love mm-hmm. yeah and so it's felt more but like how do you prepare yourself seriously you for can't preparation of of 24 7 your life is about you and your partner to now 24 7 you have a brain that's literally changed and oriented itself towards the baby and this baby could cry at any moment and you are the person to go meet their needs and you're supposed to all of a sudden love this 24 7 new reality it's wild it's horrible oh my goodness it's mostly horrible it's mostly horrible with a few moments of joy yeah and i don't know why people think it'll be mostly joy with a few moments of horrible yeah yeah <laughs> like, i mean it's mostly a grind. the joy level goes up but then the horrible level changes too where it's like a worse kind of horrible a well, different kind of horrible i think we go from a physical yeah, to an a emotional emotion yes. yes so i mean yeah i i definitely have this argument with my sister-in-law all the time because we think way differently my thought with the twins was that the first year was the hardest. And I do still say this to twin mm-hmm. parents, for sure. Like, it's different, I think, with one baby where you can wear one baby and yes. walk around. And you're like, yeah. but my toddler's way harder. Yes, yes. But with twin newborns, I could get no sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like that first year was the hardest. And yes, even though they got to be chaotic and fighting and whatever, making a mess, you know what? They could get up themselves. I wasn't carrying them everywhere on True. my body. yeah. 
Um, so yeah, you you do transfer into this, uh, you know, and now obviously it's the 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 talking back and the arguments they want to have with you that it's a different mental and emotional battle. It's not a physical one. Yeah, I'm not I think. Tired. I think it's fine. Again, it's another duality of life. Mm. It doesn't mean that you're a bad parent if you don't love every moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Libby, the diary of an honest mom. Did you see that this week? She made a reel about yes. being annoyed with her kid's cough. And somebody commented and was like, how dare you be annoyed with your child and their cough? Like, it sounds annoying. Yeah. Stop coughing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like grating on your nerves. Funny thing. I was with Cheryl in Utah. She had a cough the whole time. Never annoyed with her. Oh. Because I don't have to care about, I don't have to take care of her. You know I don't know what it is, but. I find I can handle like the chewing sounds when my kids are really little. Because I'm like, I love you so much. You can't do anything that, that like disgusts me. Mm-hmm. But like my husband, who I also love, chewing in my ear doesn't know. Yeah. No. Ryan will toss me across the couch. <laughs> like, <laughs> get your chips out of here. Go eat chips in the basement. But when he coughs, I feel the same way. I'm like, go build another home. We have oh, 50 really? acres. Yes. Oh, but because you, you feel Ugh. like he might be a drain on you and you have to take care of him? I don't know what it is. Yeah. I just cannot stand it. So oh, I totally funny. felt the same as Libby when she put that up. I, was, I actually commented. How about husbands? Yeah. So I find it interesting when people comment. I mean, obviously, we know people's comments are 100% a reflection of themselves mm-hmm. and nothing to do with the content. But like that person who comments... What did they say? So they said something like, as if you don't love every moment with your children, like you're supposed to be caring for them when they're sick and now you're resenting a moment with them. Like, like that person is telling themselves a story that they're not allowed to have a negative feeling. Mm-hmm. And where do you think that's built up in your body? Like, yeah. that's not good. I saved a really good thing on Instagram that I saw that someone shared that was like, I... <laughs> Do you hate sneezes too? No, sneezes don't bother me. But you woke Luna up. <laughs> Sorry, Luna. Um, it was basically about like I want my kids to see that I'm a mom who takes care of myself, that I prioritize myself because that's what I want for them. Yes, I saw this too, yeah. and it was like when you don't prioritize yourself, you're showing your daughter that eventually this is how she should yes. treat herself too. Like, no, thank you. Or even to boys, right? You're yeah. showing that you should future, expect of a wife. Yeah. That yeah. she should just, you know, sacrifice Martyr everything. herself through everything. No. Yeah. So I want to show my kids like I can love you and be annoyed with you. Mm. That's fine. I mean, yesterday. Maybe I don't love your cough, but I love you. I love you, but you need to be outside of the van. Yes. Playing in, playing the, in snow the snow. While I have what I thought would be two minutes, but turned out to be 20 minutes. <laughs> of a crying fast. <laughs> drinking my coffee, having to cry, and uh, scrolling Instagram. And that's and okay. It's just, it's just what I needed. We just need to say that all of that stuff is okay. It's like Ryan's family, they have transformed from my influence a little bit, where I've constantly been saying... Why do we have to make a turkey dinner every time we get together? Why do we have to slave over everything? And the last time we had a family party, we ordered pizza. Amazing. And it was the best thing ever. Sometimes you can have turkey, but sometimes it's nice to say, you know what? Domino's is going to handle this. And I love when you can get down to the essence of like, hey, I like you and I still want to be with you, but I don't want this to feel like drudgery. Yeah. So let's hang out and just not focus on what we want the food to be. Right. 
And I think like our Brandon's family does this really well because there are a few of us who really love cooking, but we're often together for long extended portions of holidays. So we do both. We have mm-hmm. the meals where we're like, yeah, let's do all the recipes. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the nights where it's like all the boxed um, hors d'oeuvres. Oh, the best. Just throw them in the yeah. oven or like, yeah, order pizza. My Wait. high school girlfriends are coming over in a couple Fridays and I was like, oh, I'll cook for you guys. And Janet was like, you check your cycle before you commit to that. <laughs> literally it's supposed to be day one oh (laughs) i was like yeah it's a hard no on the cooking and a yes on the ordering out or just making appetizers in the air fryer yeah (laughs) smart woman smart woman smart woman i was like oh it'll be so cute i totally have the time just because i have the time doesn't mean that i'm gonna want to cook for them I just was craving one thing, but I'll make that another time. Things you commit to <laughs> while you're ovulating. Yes. Give yourself permission to reevaluate. Yeah. Actually, don't commit to things when you're ovulating because you'll commit oh, to a lot of things. That's a very good point. Yeah. You I will overburden think... your schedule. I have this problem. This is maybe my life problem. I, I The undercommitting and the overcommitting mm-hmm. is a balance I do not have. I do not have it figured no. out. No. I have too much and too little. Yeah, you do. It's interesting. You, you want to wrap it up? <laughs> well, you're we done have, talking. We have a call. Oh yeah. Oh, I told her two fifteen. Oh, okay. she probably listens to the podcast. She'll listen to this and be like, "That was me." <laughs> so that is our opinion on what if you don't have a village. We hope you learned something. I feel like we'll have an addendum probably the next time we do a podcast. We'll be like, "Hey, I was thinking about the village thing and I had more thoughts." <laughs> Yeah, we will revisit this. Definitely. Maybe we'll have someone on. Is there a village expert? Yeah. What's a village expert? Who knows? But I feel like therapists have probably heard a lot of things. And people love the last podcast with the, with the social worker mm-hmm. that we did. We should probably mm-hmm. do another. Yeah, where people are experts and not just, just us, us. babbling. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our babbles. <laughs> We would just love it if you would take the time to leave us a five-star rating, a review. If you'd subscribe to our show, you can screenshot it while you're listening to us and even share it on the gram. Remember, you are important too. Disclaimer, we are not medical professionals. Everything said here is our own opinion and not to be taken as medical advice. We do not take any responsibility from the outcomes of you taking our advice. Please seek medical advice from your trusted healthcare professionals.